0: Just say the election was corrupt, and leave the rest to me. That is how Richard Donahue, who was at the time one of the deputies to acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen, described a December 27th phone call that he and Rosen had with then President Donald Trump. Just say the election was corrupt, and leave the rest to me. And of course, as uh, Donahue...
1: Thank you. The George Wilder Junior Show is now on the air. Um, I want to thank everybody who's listening, and I'm pretty sure people will pick up the show as as long as I'm doing it and as long as they can find the show on the air. Tell people about the show. Let them know that it's out there. You can listen. You don't have to listen. I'm not begging anybody to listen. I'm not profiting from this or anything. It's just that this show is out here to make the world a better place. And I want to thank you, that uh, clip that, were, that led into this, that was a mistake. <laughs> music was supposed to start. Anyway, we'll see if we can get some music to start on the show today, and we're going to kick it off. I try to have fun on my show. I try to have fun on it, but sometimes it's just things that, things that are happening in the world aren't that much fun. We'll be right back.
0: Just when you thought that the Republican Party couldn't get any more ridiculous, we now have to deal with the fact that Republican politicians are both terrified and confused about what to do with the ongoing fight between Donald Trump and the Koch brothers. Yesterday, the RNC, the Republican National Committee, actually told other Republican Party donors to not associate with the Koch brothers because of how nasty they're being to Donald Trump. And if you're not familiar with it, the Koch brothers held their annual retreat last weekend where they said, oh, Donald Trump is very divisive.
1: All right, this is the George Wilder Jr. show on Blog Talk Radio, folks. It's a great day to be out. It's a great day to be alive. The weather is so beautiful. I mean, it is gorgeous outside. Here. And if you can't hear me, maybe you need to turn up the volume or something because sometimes it, the uh, audio is acting up. Okay, so let's get right into the show. More Donald Trump news. There's always Donald Trump news. Six or seven months after he has been thrown out of office by the American people, this guy is still making news. Remember when he said if he should lose the election? He'll go away. You'll never hear from him again. Well, he lied about that too. That's another lie. We wish he would go away. He, We wish he would actually stay out of our lives, but he won't, and he can't. What he's doing now, I mean, this guy is raising, you probably heard it, uh, over $100 million. I mean, that's a lot of money. He can run... In 2022, as Speaker of the House or as an uh, or as a representative, he can run for senator. He can run for president with that type of money. <sighs> he can't stop himself from scamming his stupid supporters. I hate to say stupid, but that's what they are. If they're sending Donald Trump digging down into their penny into their piggy bank, sending him their last cent, he loves it. He doesn't give a damn if you send him all your money and you end up on the street as long as he gets it. People got to start waking up. Stop sending this asshole money. He's not going to do anything with it but put it in his
2: pocket.
1: That's what he's doing. You have to stop sending Donald Trump money because he's uh, – a lot of people send him money because they think that he's going to spend it on his election lies. He, he doesn't. He's going to spend it on uh, – Uh, Running for office, representing them. No, he's spending it on lawyers to defend his ass in every lawsuit out there. And I will say this again. I don't know why this guy isn't locked up, locked the fuck up. Why is he still free? To incite another insurrection. Insurrection. This is so nutty to me. This is so crazy to me. And then we got Mario uh, Cromo, if I can pronounce his name, the governor of uh, of New York. He's in big, hot shit. He is in so much trouble. I don't know if he's going to get out of this. The pressure uh, on him is mounting. He may resign because of that because even President Biden is saying that this guy should quit. This guy should get out of office. Um, I'm hoping he don't because a lot of other, um, I know a lot of people hate me for that because I, I, I uh, don't think he should resign. I think everybody should look at everything before anything is final. Uh, one person told me that, well, Biden is just asking him to resign. He's not asking him to be in Impeached. Yeah, if Biden said that, says that he can be impeached, I guess he can be impeached. Uh, in his state, if the um, legislature is all Democratic, they can impeach him on both sides of the aisle, Senate and Republicans, Democrat and Republicans, sorry. They can impeach him, but he, whoo, the pressure is surely mountain i don't know if he can stand it but that's up to him i prefer him not to resign because look at the donald trump gotten away with it jim jordan has gotten away with it matt gates seem to be getting away with it i mean these guys have not been indicted have they have not been uh Segregated to prison, they're not going to resign their position, so why should he? Why should he? They are way out in front of him in terms of sexual harassment. Gates, we know Trump. And Jim Jordan. Now, you got every Republican in every corner or crevice of the United States jumping on uh, Cromo. some people are blaming his brother for things. I just don't think he should um, resign until, until everything is in, but the pressure is on him is, is really, really mounting. I don't know how much he can stand, if he can stand much more. Did you... I wanted to talk about something that Kevin McCartney said. He said he, if he becomes speaker, and it's on tape, he said if he becomes speaker, he's going to hit Pelosi with a gavel. Now, some say he said it in a jokingly manner, but we all know that this asshole was not joking. He really wanted to, because that's what the Trump people are about, violence. Violence and lying. Cheating. Don't forget cheating. Violence, lot, And they do all of this out in front. They don't try to hide it. They don't try to hide their stupidity. So that's what's going on now. And it's a lot more. It's always something about Trump and how he's trying to corrupt um All of his corruption coming out, coming out, and yet there's nothing done about him. There's so much evidence out here about Trump saying that he's going to handle it. Just say the election was corrupt and that he's going to handle it. He'll handle the rest. What kind of shit is that? That's the stuff of a mob boss, a thug, a gangster, and a dictator. Trump wants to get his hands back on the United States so he can rip it apart. I mean, literally tear it down, standing in the middle of the flames and smoke while it's burning with a smile on his ugly face. This man wants to get his hand on the United States, Republicans, some of them, wanting him to get his hands on the United States and rip it apart. They almost came to a coup. They almost came to uh, overturning democracy on January 5th. It could have happened. I do think that the Capitol Police are the ones that stopped this from happening. And the people who gave them tours of the Capitol building, inside, before, uh, the day before the January 6th, they should go to jail. The Justice Department knows who these people are. We need to go after the big fish, the people who started this, the people who instigated this. Mow somebody. We need to go after the big fish, the instigators, the people who are now lying, saying they did not instigate. And they're on tape instigating, inciting people to go to the Capitol and riot. Mo Brooks wore a, wore body armor. What the hell you wearing body armor for, unless you know there's going to be a fight. Bullets are gonna be flying. We have to get out here and vote people. I am not a straight up Democrat credit guy, but we know that the Dems are a lot better than the Republicans. But a lot of them need to grow some balls. We came close to losing America. Period. Not just our votes. But America, we came really, really close. And the next time, it could actually happen if we don't do something now. The Dems are in control. They're in control of everything. By the slimmest of margins, but they're in control. The Dems have to stop playing nice with the Republicans who don't want to play nice. They have to stop doing that. They have to stop compromising with people who do not want to compromise. The Dems have to stop, you know, giving olive branches to the Republicans, to the Republicans, and getting kicked in the teeth. It's like a, it's like the Republican Party is a bully, is the bully, and the Dems are the little kid in the playground that the bullies come over. And take his candy. The Dems got to stop playing nice. Stop playing nice. The Republicans aren't playing nice. They don't give a damn about you. They don't give a damn about America. We have to stand up. We got to vote. And we got to vote in big numbers. If the Republicans uh, suppress the vote, then every vote should be a vote against them no matter what your affiliation affiliation. If you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, because a lot of Republican voters are fed up with this shit too. They're fed up with people in their own party like Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Green. These people are not for the society. Excuse me, these people are not for their constituents. These people are out there for themselves, trying to get famous, trying to get on TV, trying to land big spots on primetime TV. It's all about them. Just like Trump thinks it's all about himself, they think that it's all about them, forgetting how they got their asses in office. They were voted in. Now they're spitting on their voters. And you know what? Their voters do not like it. They can't stand it. I mean, the voters are, are, their voters are complaining about their bullshit, complaining about their antics. Marjorie Taylor Green, this witch will do anything to get on TV, anything to get a camera in front of her, where she is spewing total nonsense, garbage she doesn't care. She just wants her face on TV, on computers, and anywhere she wants. And a lot of outlets are refusing to host these idiots. I think even Fox News doesn't even want her on their show. Or she would have been on there. I don't think MSNBC wants this woman, or, or CNN, because they know She's full of lies and garbage, and she was part of the uh, insurrection, they feel. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We may be having some difficulty here, folks, but we will get out of this. <laughs> we will get out of it. Mm.
0: According to a CBS report that came out Wednesday evening, both Sarah Huckabee Sanders and uh, Deputy
1: Sarah Huckabee Sanders is running for office. She's <laughs> running for some governor in some state, and and she's bashing Biden. She's bashing the other um, White House press secretary, Sarah Sanders Huckabee Huckabee Sanders, whatever it is. She was one of the worst press secretaries ever. So was this Kaylee McEnany. Remember when she said. She said that I will never lie to you, talking to the public. And she lied every time she opened her mouth. All right, you've been listening to the George Water Jr. Show, and we are trying. COVID is back. COVID is back big time. And everybody's talking about the variant. Everybody's saying, I'm, when I say everybody, I'm talking about the physicians, the doctors, the scientists, the people who are in the know. These are the people you listen to. You don't listen to Fox News. You don't listen to these wing crazy nuts out there who are denying science, who are denying the vaccine because they're saying that the most people who are getting sick and dying from it are Republicans. You, you look at it this way. Republicans are killing their own base. They're, they're circumventing their own voters. This is why I say a lot of the voters are just fed up with this guy fed up with uh, their own party because they know their party is not for them. The Republican Party is for the Republican Party, not the folks who voted their asses in. Where it should be, but it's not. These be, And it's been a long time like that. I think I've said this uh, years ago on the show that uh, Republicans care nothing about the party. They care. They, they put party over country. And And That's Not Right. We'll be right back.
3: I, my, 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 my. Oh,
4: I can turn a gray sky blue I, You see, I can make it rain when I want it to Oh, I can build a castle from a single grain of sand. Yeah, I, you see, I can make a ship sail on dry land. Chilling, yeah, on a happy mind with all the powers that I possess. Yeah, girl, you're the key to my happiness and I. Like the bird in the sky, oh, I can buy anything that money can buy. Oh! I can turn a river into a raging fire. believe I can.
5: Ashley Judd and I am very delighted to support Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for President and Vice President of the United States. We have a super exciting Hi Wave, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Um, so pleased to be having Chief De- Judd Deming's, and Thomas Val and Deming Deming. Deming's joining us today for a really important and exciting conversation during these most interesting times, difficult, challenging times. As many of y'all know from my last Instagram post, I went um, camping over the weekend to have an emotional and spiritual reset. I am just going to be looking down not only to see um, what y'all are saying as you greet me and I greet you back, namaste, but also to look for the Congresswoman's request to join our Instagram Live. We're going to be talking about quite a few things today. Uh, in particular violence against girls and women. And as you may know, Vice President Joe Biden started pursuing the Violence Against Women Act in 1990 when he was a senator. And then he was able to get this legislation passed in 1994. He has been driving the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act since that time. And it is now in the Senate. It has been voted for by all the Democrats in the Senate. And it is just waiting for Senator McConnell to bring it to a vote. So I'm just going to wait for the Congresswoman to join us. Um, I'm very excited that my connection works. I live out in the country. I'm home in rural Middle Tennessee, and the connection is not very great, even though the promise to bring Internet and Wi-Fi to rural America, that Our friend is coming. Good morning, good afternoon. (laughs)
6: Ashley, it is so great to see you and so good to be together for this
5: very special moment. It's a pleasure and an honor. I have respected and admired you from afar, and it's really a treat to sit with you. I appreciate your time very much.
6: Well, it's worth it. Believe me. Thank you.
5: Yeah, you're a woman with moxie and power of voice and... I have appreciated your work as a public servant. You are, yeah, someone just said OMG. I am omg with you. <laughs> well,
6: you know what? I can say the exact same thing about you and the amazing work that you have been doing, traveling how many countries, like
5: 22 or more countries. Yeah. Um, yeah.
6: Thank you for the work you're doing as well.
5: And we know that as President uh, Joe Biden will reauthorize funding to the to UNFPA, which helps prevent unintended pregnancies around the world. And those have really gone up during this time of economic crisis and health crisis. And, you know, we all have the right to plan our families and to face those births. And so that's something that I would very much be looking forward to. So thanks for mentioning my international work. But we've got a lot of work to do here at home. So before we get started, tell me a little bit about some of the maybe a weird – hobby that you've picked up during COVID or something interesting that you're reading at the moment?
6: Well, you know, that's interesting. Let's talk about the hobbies, right?
5: (laughs) I would say my number one hobby now during this
6: unusual period of time is Zoom, Zoom, Zoom.
5: Yeah. Like a Richie's
6: song just stays in my head, right? Because every, you know, I I love just meeting with people and reaching out and touching and having those great in-person conversations. But Everything is through Zoom now, and that's okay, because it still gives us an opportunity to get together and take care of the very important business of the day. I'm reading a book uh, called Peaks and Valleys. Isn't that the title? It's by T.D. Jakes. And when we think about what is going on right now, uh, the joys and pains of life, I think we find ourselves in this period of time right now in this election season, with something we've never seen before in this country. And I think it's incumbent on us to understand the peaks and valleys of the moment, but then figure out exactly what we need to do so that people will have more peaks in their lives than valleys. Yes. It's a great book. Good. What about you?
5: What do you- well, I, I think that my, 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 my weird and somewhat unfortunate coronavirus hobby is that I'm on a losing streak at Gin Rummy. there's a remedy for
6: that just never learn how to play it and then you'll never (laughs) so
5: I've been playing since my mama and I would pile all the pillows on the bed in eastern Kentucky and turn off the air conditioning open the window listen to the cicadas and crickets of a summer's evening and she and I would play but my husband is a crafty card player, and he just beats me all the time. But I'm now, still trying. I'm still trying. You still said crafty now. Are you insinuating that
6: perhaps,
5: uh, of course, no, it's he, all... he doesn't have to cheat. I just lose. <laughs> I just go down. Um, and I don't know how he does it. I mean, I try to mimic his, his strategies, but I just lose. But I still show up. I win at casino, but I lose at gin rummy. And the book I'm reading right now, I have it so that folks can see, is Sister Outsider. And I know that the title goes, um, I'm actually, if you should see my rig, I've got my phone held up with duct tape. I'm real sophisticated. Um, but you can see I'm reading Audre Lorde. And this is includes the essay in which she said her poignant and urgent line, your silence will not protect you. Um, so. I love that. that yes. That's a powerful
6: message now isn't it? As it's, we are in this voting season. It is voting balance will not protect you. And, what, involved, yes. you and what do we say
5: Yes. And what do we say to all those people out there who are maybe affected by the cynicism of the other side? You know, those, those cynics who want to antagonize us and say that your vote doesn't matter and don't bother or think God help us. Vote twice or your mail-in ballot is potentially not going to count, um, what do you say to them?
6: You know, Ashley, what I would do is to
5: remind
6: anyone who's being discouraged right now about the importance of their vote of a time when so many people could not vote. That's right. The laws were not on their side. When we think about women, African-Americans, other minorities, they well, could not a vote. And so the laws passed, allowing them that opportunity. So now there's this concerted effort to suppress the vote, to say your vote does not matter. But let's think about voting. We may not come from the same places or have the same amount of money in our bank accounts and all of that, but our vote levels the playing field. Your vote matters as much as anyone else's, and if we really want to change our present circumstances, and Lord knows we need major change right now, we need a leader who supports the people's agenda, then there could not be a more important time to cast your vote and make it count. Your vote doesn't count if you don't vote, but boy, when we vote, it is our voice. And so we need to make our voice heard from the mountaintop and go out and support the only person on the ballot who supports the
5: people's agenda. And that's Joe Biden. That's right. That's right. And thank you for the person who just said they're a poll worker this season. And my dad is always a poll worker and I love and appreciate him. He's also working for a campaign in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And um, I think that you said that very well, you know, if I don't vote, then that's a way to guarantee that my vote doesn't matter and my voice will not be heard. And one of the things I would suggest is go watch the beautiful movie Selma, which we just filmed oh. at our house. And, you know, that is what voter suppression looks like, and voter, voter suppression is as old awesome. as voting itself. And, that's right. Um, that's right. And, you know, Ashley, you know, I,
6: I have the honor of serving with John Lewis. Yeah. And we know he dedicated his life. To voting rights, right? He, his blood, sweat, and tears were left on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. He paved the way for all of us to never number one take that vote, take our vote for granted, but to always go out and vote. You know, there's this effort now. It's not so much well. The other side trying to encourage you
0: to
5: vote so
6: much for them is just trying to discourage you to not vote at all. And if we really want to change things, then we change it with the power of our love. And I do know know that people are really motivated because they are tired of what what they are hearing and seeing out of the current person in the White House right now. We deserve better,
5: and we can do better. Yes. And in terms of doing better, let's talk about specifically the policy of the Violence Against Women Act and how Joe Biden has been a singular person striving to manifest in both civil law and policy improvements. You know, this statistic is stable around the world. In the United States, including that one out of three of us will experience sexual and gender violence in our lifetime. And I certainly Bear that out. I'm a survivor of both adolescent and adult race. And I'm the one my who's My mother experiencing intimate partner out. violence when my sister and I were small Ouch. girls. Oh. And, you know, the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act is just waiting in the United States Senate. And Joe Biden has said that in his first hundred days as president, he will make sure that it's reauthorized if the Senate under Mitch McConnell does not get this done. And I've had a chance. You know, I'm all about plans and I'm all about the particulars of the policy because a plan – improves and touches our lives in appreciable ways in the details of the policy, or it really doesn't make a difference, you know, and this plan is beautiful. And I urge everyone to go to BidenHarris.com and take a look at it whether we're talking about stable and fair housing for women who are fleeing an abusive partner, closing the boyfriend loophole so that men who are perpetrators of violence cannot have access to a gun, making sure that a convicted stalker does not have access to a gun, making sure that a woman, if she is a victim of stalking, can have paid leave so that she can still earn her paycheck and support her children, and making sure that the elderly, yes, and of course the LGBTQIA plus community and the Native American women who are going missing and being murdered at extraordinarily high and devastating numbers, all of these are encompassed in this plan. It is so touching to me and Campus and sexual, campus uh, rape and sexual assault are epidemics, you know, and, and anyone who has not had a chance to see the documentaries made about it, my friend Diane Rosenfeld at Harvard Law School, she did this incredibly poignant um, read where a college admissions letter could say to the parents of a, pers- of a prospective incoming student, gee, welcome, Jenny, we're so glad your daughter's coming. By the way, there's a one in three chance that she will be sexually assaulted and raped. We can't wait to see Jenny this fall. You know, this, right. is the re- this is the reality. Yes. So the Violence Against Women Act is is a piece of leadership that is so undercelebrated when it comes to Joe Biden. So that's my pitch. And I wondered, um, you know, as a member of the House of Representatives, what that's been what that's been like for you to see that leadership, and also what the frustrations may have been under the current administration.
6: Well, Ashley, let me say this: certainly, as a first responder, yeah, I am a to violence against women. And, you know, one of the things my husband likes to say is he he says the best indicator of future performance is to look at past performance. This is legislation that Joe Biden first introduced in 1990. So he is no stranger to protecting women as well and doing it through effective legislation. And with with each reauthorization, as you said, we've seen the law only strengthen, to make sure that no woman is left behind, right? Members of the LGBTQ community, Native women, and others, that the law encompasses everybody. And as a first responder, we, I know for a fact that we have come a long way, but you've indicated and, and so clearly laid out that we still have a long way to go. There is still much work to be done. And the frustration is, you know, when we pass legislation in the House of Representatives that directly impacts people's lives, that can help protect women, and it goes to the Senate and sits there in the place where the grim reaper uh, keeps watch over the graveyard, which I think is absolutely painful, but may work hard. To make sure that we get reauthorization of this important legislation through and i am so excited and so encouraged about working with the biden harris administration so we can get some things done with a sense of urgency
5: yes and i love that you point out the word urgency because intimate partner violence has skyrocketed during this covid pandemic um because of the coexisting and interlocking factors of perpetrators being at home with their victims, stress, cortisol, joblessness, the perceived threat to traditional roles of masculinity, introducing alcohol, the spiking use of violent pornography. All of these things are intersecting and really making girls and women all the more vulnerable. You can just ask the Rape and Incest Network. And um, it's a very toxic mix. girls and women and also just to speak again to that urgency you know we often think of other countries being less safe for women but more women have died at the hands of their intimate partners in the united states than have been killed in both iraq and afghanistan wars combined so we have we have a we have a gender and sexual based violence problem in this country too and joe biden is our leader along with our frontline responders as you said and all of the grassroots operatives and people who are really um the leaders in their community. So thank you very much for talking with me about that. We've got a lot going on in America, but we can't forget about Bawa. So right. um, We're going to get
6: it done.
5: We are going to get it done. And you being um, a public servant for so many years as an officer and a police chief and now a member of Congress, you know, I was looking up the numbers of women who have served in the United States Congress since 1917 when the first woman uh Jeanette from Montana, I believe it was, ran for office, and it's pretty—it's pretty sobering. So, 97% of all people who have ever served in the United States Congress were male. Yeah. So that's and only three percent have ever been female or identified as female. Only three so percent. What do you think, those girls out there who are thinking about they want to run, thinking that they want to run for office? And let's also add Shirley Chisholm, who was the first yeah. African American woman. Of course, disturbed. And
6: while we celebrate right now having more women serving in the House of Representatives than in the history of this country, it is obvious that we need more. When we think about every issue that we are wrestling with in this country right now, all issues are women's issues. And for those who are thinking about running for office, we need you. Because women, and I, I say this, and look, we are, we, are, we are thankful for our male colleagues. But I look at women and how we make decisions. We're like good quarterbacks, right? Quarterbacks have to have the ability to see the entire field. They know where all the players are. They know their strengths and weaknesses. They know their challenges and, and, and you know, what they bring to the table. And they consider all things. And so we need people who have the ability to see the entire field and make decisions that don't leave anybody out. And so, you know, regardless of your background, regardless of where you live, regardless of how you have been encouraged or discouraged, know that inside of you is a great person who we need to serve your country in this special way. And, You know, don't overthink it. You you
5: have the talent, skills, and ability
6: to serve your country, and we need you.
5: What an exhortation. That is beautiful. And when we talk about our male colleagues, you know, what we're looking for is the Bonobo principle. And a lot of folks haven't heard of the Bonobos, but – You know, they are a great ape. They are our closest relatives, and we share over 97% of our DNA with them. And they're an egalitarian model. They're not a matriarchal model. They're not just, you know, we're not just looking to replace patriarchy with female dominance. We're looking for shared leadership and shared power. And so the bonobos are egalitarian. Now, it does so happen with the bonobos that a female is always the ranking individual. Um, But there's also, interestingly, with the bonobos, a total lack of sexual coercion. There's no such thing as sexual dominance or sexual coercion within the species. They're a totally different evolutionary model. And interestingly enough, a quirk about them is that the males get their status through their mothers. And so being a mom and a boy is a compliment. <laughs> and evolutionarily necessary. And females, and this is something that we can really think about as a, as a cohort. You know, the female's, have a special cry that they emit when one is in distress and females come to help each other, whether or not they know each other, whether or not they're related or whether or not they like each other. A female always has another female back. It's about solving problems. It's
6: about getting it done. It's about sharing information and listening yes. and being engaged in, in team building and, and team thinking to solve problems you know you don't have to have all of the answers but it's good to be able to bring others to the table and listen and solve problems together and that's one of the things that i'm so excited about that joe biden and kamala harris are doing they're engaged in these listening sessions how do we solve america's problems by bringing people to the table of different backgrounds different genders different places and spaces to the table to be involved in decision-making. And you know what? When a person you talked earlier asked me about having a plan, we've seen what government, governance looks like under someone who has absolutely no plan, under someone who has absolutely no empathy. When I listen to Joe Biden and the plan that he has to protect the health, safety, and well-being of the people in this country, it just gives me such great hope. It is so reassuring. And so I look forward to um, the next you know, few weeks working hard to make sure that we get it done. We elect uh, somebody who cares about the people's agenda, and I'm very excited about that.
5: You said some really beautiful and important things, community, leadership, empathy, getting it done the next few weeks. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure to be with you. And, you know, there was something that uh, Vice President Biden said when he visited Wisconsin, you know, about bringing everybody to the table to have conversation and community. And I think we can have unity without being uniformed. And we can That's have it. unity Maybe. with diversity. But we have to bring everyone together and being able you know, to take that most important and difficult journey, which is the 18 inches that connects the head and the heart. You know, and to put principles above personalities and to come together as this community that's willing to do things differently today. Bring your head
6: and your heart to the table, that's, and we can right. do anything. Yes, we
5: Thank can. Thank you, yes.
6: Thank God you so so much. great to see Thank you. you.
5: And thanks, everyone, for joining us today. It was really a pleasure to have you here with us. And, you know, we'll take snippets of this and put it up on Instagram. And everyone goes to
1: BidenHarris.com. All righty. Thank sure you. Thank, thank you. And thank sure everybody. The you know George going to be sending your ballot. now back. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. You
3: are
1: to talk about uh, eviction moratoriums, okay? Uh, They have not wholeheartedly uh, enacted the, uh, I think the CDC said that they're going to give people who could not pay their rent two more months, two more months. I think it's going to go into September, but a lot of activists and Democrats are upset at that. They feel that it didn't go far enough. And if the moratoriums will be only in places where COVID nineteen is the deadliest and the highest so therefore if your city or your district doesn't have a high amount of COVID nineteen, your the people there will not get rental assistance. But if you live in a county anywhere in the United States where COVID nineteen is at its highest, you're going to see rental moratorium because they don't want you out on the street and getting, and getting the um, COVID-19, the Delta variant. So it's, it's a little bit of give and take. You know, some people will get it, some people will not. But anyway, if anybody's out there about to be evicted or, or about to be thrown out of your apartment or your home or your house, there's lots of help out here. There's a bunch of help out here. All you got to do is go and apply for it. I'm pretty sure you're going to have to show ID and and, uh, proof that you're uh, in need of that rental assistance, but it's there. It's there, especially in Illinois. I don't think there is nothing stopping Illinoisans from getting that rental assistance that they need, regardless. Because in Illinois, uh, uh, COVID-19... the variance is rising, but it's not as rising as other states. It's not as high as other states. Let me put it that way. And, uh, yeah, it's out here. If you need help, if you need help in rental assistance. But we know that uh, even some of these government officials who are giving out this uh, rental assistance, and they're, they're begging you to come forward because the money is there. The money is there. All you got to do is just go out there, find a way. Of getting that kind of help. They're not going to knock on your door and say, are you behind a rental assistance They're not going to do that. You have to go out there. In some cases, you have to take your landlord with you. Because when you're getting that rental assistance or the help from the government in paying your rent or your bills, that money is not going to go in your pocket. <laughs> that money is going to go straight to the landlord or to the person you're paying the bills to. So never think that the government is giving you money to put in your pocket. No way. That's not gonna happen. Anyway, it is out there. Rental assistance is out there, but it's it's there is a condition. As I said, uh you have to be in a high volume COVID nineteen area in order to get it. If you're in a low, low, low COVID nineteen area, you probably want to get it. But if when you think about it, is there any low count of COVID anywhere around the United States. It's in every state. It's all over the place. So I figure that if you want to get this moratorium, and it has been extended by the CDC, Center for Disease Control, um, yeah, and they, just for two months, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure after two months they're going to extend it again. Um, but at some point they're going to stop they are going to stop because a lot of people are taking advantage of this program a lot of people are not looking for jobs because they can stay home free why go out and look for a job when i can stay home free to go pay my bills yeah that's true but we know a lot of people are abusing the program a lot of people aren't getting jobs uh, because the government is paying them to stay home I mean if you're going to, government is going if the government is going to pay you to stay home for a whole year, why get a job you know so and I think that's one of the reasons why they almost cut it off because they felt that people were abusing the program they were abusing it of course when anything like this people are giving you money and of course people are going to find a way to abuse the program, and they know it. The government knows it. Knows it. The, the uh, administrators, they know it. But regardless, the money is there. If you need help, go get it. Because the government is not going to help you pay your rent any longer, too much longer, because they just can't do it. Uh, the CDC won't let them. The Republicans aren't going to let them. Uh, it, it has to go through Congress, and the Republicans don't want this. They never wanted it. If they were in control, you'd be in the streets already. You'd be out there already. So go get your uh, rental assistance. It's out there. You don't need to uh, do anything else. But remember, the money will not go in your pocket. It will go straight to your landlord or to whomever, you, or to whoever you, whomever you're paying rent to. I mean, that's, that's in the news. I'm just, I'm just repeating what's in the news, but I'm trying to be realistic at the same time. So if you think after two months, two more months, they, they may not – two months, I think it's September. After September, the CDC may, may not uh, extend this any longer. So I would suggest to a lot of people who are living off rental assistance who are refusing to get jobs – you better start now. You better start looking for jobs now because this shit's gonna be over and ended and you won't get in anymore. The government can't pay your bills forever. But they don't want you thrown out of your apartment because of COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. Uh there have been so many, so many activists out there uh I mean, really ringing the bell on how the government missed this, how they, how uh, Democrats left town without doing something on the eviction moratorium. They're pissed. But the CDC came in, and I just love AOC. I mean, she was out there just banging the drum. I mean, she was. She's just a awful. She's just a not awful, but awesome. Awesome. I wanted to say awesome awesome individual, and she's an awesome representative. I wish she was my representative in Illinois, but she's not. But anyway, she's speaking for the entire United States, and that was awesome. If you saw that, uh, her being on uh, Jake Tapper's show, the lead, I saw that, and she was just – she's not only smart and intelligent and bright, she's also pretty. (laughs) She's very beautiful and to have that some someone of that stature to go out there and just fight for you is awesome it's really awesome all right the george warrant jr show is now on the air we were talking about uh, minority speaker kevin mccartney i think he said this around last week at the date of this show that if he becomes if he becomes Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C., if he becomes Speaker of the House, he was going to take the gavel and hit Nancy Pelosi. Of course they're saying he was joking. You don't joke like that. That's not a joke. He's taking something that he would actually do to Nancy Pelosi and turning it into a joke just in case the heat gets too hot because he got caught saying it and it's on tape so he cannot deny he didn't say it but he but for trump i mean trump will deny he said something <laughs> even if it's on tape that he said it. Carney can't he may try but it's on tape and i don't think this guy is going to be speaker of the house of representatives in 2022 it's just too much garbage too much dirt on this guy He's awful. He's the worst minority speaker of the House in United States history. He's awful. He's, he, he's Trump. He kisses Trump's ass every second that he can get. And mm-hmm. uh, voter suppression, if you were listening earlier on this show. Uh, it's a clip. Um, But It's true We have to gather together We have to make sure People vote And I think Joe Biden's out there Scolding the Republicans On their voter suppression Joe Biden is the President Of the United States He can sign He can sign voter laws Into law with just a stroke of a pen He doesn't need the Republicans. He doesn't even need Democrats. That's something I really don't understand about Joe Biden. If he can't get what he wants with the Republicans and his own Democrats, he can use his pen. How many times did, did Donald Trump use his executive power? A zillion. He got off on using executive power. Remember, he signed a little thing and then showed it to the camera and Signed a book, show it to the camera, has done it. But he hasn't done it as much as Trump. Anything Biden wants to get done, he can do it with an executive order, a stroke of a pen. Voting rights, stroke of a pen. Getting rid of the filibuster, stroke of a pen. But yet, he wants to wait and do it legislatively when he doesn't have the votes. He has traitor Democrats in the party. You get he has moderate Democrats. I don't know where moderate Democrats come from. Have you ever heard of moderate Repu- moderate Republicans? I'm, sk- I'm I'm I'm, I'm ah, stuttering. You ever heard of moderate Republicans? No. I don't know Where the hell moderate Democrats come from? There's no doubt Joe Manchin is a Republican and his constituency is they are pissed off at him. They're saying if you want to be a Republican, go over to the Republican party and stop being a, and stop playing around being a Democrat because you're not. And I do think that Joe Biden is a little bit reluctant to get rid of the filibuster. That's why he hasn't done an executive order. Remember, Anything Joe Biden is—he's complaining about, complaining about the Republicans not doing this. Republican, Republicans. He can do it with a stroke of his pen. Get rid of the filibuster. Uh, uh, Voting rights. All this voter suppression is going around America. He could just snap it, boom, out of existence with just a stroke with just a stroke of his pen. And then we can forget about all of that gerrymandering, uh, all of this kind of stuff. Republicans passing laws and enacting laws to keep black people from voting. To keep black people from voting. I actually think they're passing voter suppression laws to keep all people from voting. And this is what's turning off their base. Their base saying, well, you're trying to uh, uh, restrict uh, black people from voting, and you're also trying to restrict white people from voting, especially the people who have voted for you. Because I'm hearing that a lot of Republican voters have turned their back on the, on. The GOP, they've turned their back on us. They've gone – they either have become Democrats or they've become independents. But they've left the Republican Party, but somehow not enough of them have left. You still have, get, you still have some idiots out there that's, that's, that's uh, clinging to the Republican Party. I could never be a Republican. And if I was a Republican, I'd have gotten out of the party a long time ago. You see the idiots that are now in the Republican Party? Wow. I mean, there's a train. <laughs> there, there, there's a mountain of them. I mean, you see Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gaetz, Jim Jordan, oh, all these awful people. Uh, Lauren Boebert. And as I said before, these people are out to get famous, not out to do anything for the people who put their asses in office. They are out to get famous, put have their face on television and YouTube and all of this kind of stuff. They they want to um, uh, uh, wherever they go, the tele <laughs> wherever they go, the TV cameras follow them. This is what they want, and uh, they're right. Because if they're out on the corner giving uh, speeches, the media is going to follow them, come right up on them. If they're out on the corner, if they're in an alley sitting on a stool giving a speech or something, the media is going to be right there. Because the other day I saw a video of a reporter <laughs> running after Matt Gates, asking if he's a pedophile. <laughs> He's trying to find a way to go to get across the street, and she's ask, asking, is he a pedophile? This is what I'm saying. You got uh, Cromo in New York being crucified uh, on, on his sexual allegations, and I'm going to say allegations, and Matt Gates being questioned on the same thing. But you got the Republicans all over them spectrum jumping all over uh, Chromo. I mean, they are, I mean, any time you give the Republicans oxygen, they're going to take it. Chromo's problems is os, os, oxygen for, excuse me, oxygen for Republicans, especially Fox News, Newsmax, and a lot of other outlets, Republican, conservative outlets. You give these people oxygen, they're going to take it. And I just hate it when the Democrats goof up, stupid up, and give these people ammunition to take them down because that's all the Republicans are looking for, ammunition to take down Biden, ammunition to take down the Democratic Party. And guess what? The Dems give them the ammunition to do that. Oh, yeah, I've contacted Nancy Pelosi. I've contacted Adam Schiff and all of these other important people. I tweet them, you know, and I'll tell them my feelings in a minute. I don't care. And I'll tell them, uh, you'll never get another cent from me until you end the filibuster. Until you do something positive on voting rights to stop these Republicans from suppressing the vote in certain, uh, uh, in certain uh, states, counties, cities, because this is what they're doing. Every day you don't hear anything about a Republican, that's the day you should be worried. Because they're doing shit undercover to ruin the country. They're trying to get Trump back in power. Maybe they're seeing that Trump is not uh, is not the uh, person he used to be or whatever. I don't know. I I always thought he was an idiot, but the Republicans you know, I mean, they uh, pull onto his coat strings and thinks he's going to be the one that gets him back into office or he's the one that's going to, uh, even though one of the candidates, I think one of his Republican candidates won their primary or something over the, over the weekend, a few days ago, maybe. Now, Bowder is saying that he's invincible. Trump is invincible. Trump is a loser. He won this time, but he is a loser. He'll never stop being a loser, even if he wins 10 times. He's always a loser. He's going to be a loser president. The reason why Trump has power is because the excuse me. The reason why Trump has power is because the Republicans—they give him that power. Trump is nothing but a silly fat man that these Republicans are so fucking afraid of. He doesn't hold any power. He's been impeached twice. He's a criminal. A lot of us feel he's going to be indicted real soon, and once he's indicted, there goes any chance of running in 2024, and that's what we need to do. We need to get this man indicted so he doesn't get back in office, or he doesn't get anywhere near the Oval Office anymore. So we have to be out there, and the Republicans are suppressing the vote, and we have to think of a way – uh, getting around that. Because I think we can get around that. Republicans are nothing but a bunch of klutzers. I mean, look at Jim Jordan. <laughs> did you see how he danced around that question? When he was asked uh, what time did he talk to Trump on January 6th? It was just pathetic. And Michael Steele, uh, former uh, Republican strategist. I mean, he really gave a great great answer to, <laughs> to it was funny. I don't think I can say it on the show, but he said it on TV. He called Jim Jordan a bitch. Hey, bitch, you know what you you know what you said to Donald Trump? You know if you called Donald Trump uh, uh, on January 6th and you know what he said because Jordan danced around it on TV. On television, Jordan danced around the question, and we were all watching it, and saying, "Oh my God, what an idiot <laughs> but Michael Steele, you know former g o p chairman, I believe, and um, i mean he he called him you couldn 't help but laugh it was all over cable television what he said to uh Jim Jordan and it was all over Twitter what he said and it was just it was it was magnificent I think. <laughs> However uh the eviction uh, a lot of people have been reprieved have re- had a have a reprieve from getting kicked out in the street. And that's a good thing. We don't want to see people out in the street as long as this uh, virus is is out there and it's getting higher and higher and higher. You don't want that. And it's great that people are – but like I said, it's only some people, only some people. Not everybody, but some people and and in certain areas, and it depends on – how high or how low the the vaccines are in your community and where you are. All right, this is the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, um, recording out of the city of Chicago. It's a beautiful city. No matter what anybody tells you, this is a beautiful city. Yeah, we have crime, just like New York has crime or any other metropolitan area crime yeah we have it but um it's a beautiful city it's i'm proud to uh uh be a resident of uh, of a great city like this third largest city but sometimes i think it may fall to the fourth largest city because people are leaving why are they leaving because of high taxes high crime They may not like the politics, but people are leaving. And that's sad. That is sad. And a lot of people are leaving. They really don't want to leave, but they don't want to, you know, they don't want their child getting shot down in the middle of the street. All right, we'll be right back.
7: comedian, writer on the original Roseanne, and Roseanne Barr's ex-husband, Tom Arnold. Tom, thanks for being with us. Sorry it's under these circumstances. I'm wondering, first, when, when you saw Roseanne's tweets yesterday, I'm just wondering what went through your mind. Were you surprised? Well, I,
8: I, was, I was not surprised uh, that uh, what went down and, the, and that the show was canceled. I, I had a feeling this was going to happen when I first heard it was coming back, that there was a reboot. And uh, You thought this might, sh- might happen? Why? Yeah. Um... I, I just know, uh, I, I, when I heard about her politics, I knew she was a, a, when I read her social media in the very beginning and I saw how she was so into the conspiracy stuff with Donald Trump and so how far gone she was and the, the Pizzagate and uh, Hillary's a pedophile and Obama wasn't born here. And she was, you know, a, a birther and how crazy that was. I just knew that this would not end well. Did, did,
7: so you were surpri- were you surprised then um, that ABC chose to bring it back? Because obviously they saw those tweets as well.
8: Right. I was surprised that they didn't do anything about it. In fact, I, I tweeted a lot because, uh, you know, I figured someone would take her phone away or 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 monitor that because that's a, it's dangerous, you know, when you have that much money on a show. It's a, you know, they, we had the First Amendment. We also had the Second Amendment, but you don't just give someone a handgun to walk around the. The stage there, you gotta. Well, hopefully you don't. You gotta be careful. That's they risk a lot. Yeah. And I, I tweet a lot to watch out because I can see it coming. Because she, you know, has a lot of. By the way, this this monkey thing is something she's tweeted before about black people. Why is it okay? It's a meme that that she and thousands of her alt-right uh, fans do. They love calling black people monkeys. It's not a one-time joke. Okay. Yeah, she can do it because, about
7: Susan Rice a couple of years ago. Right, referencing well, no, AIDS but there, well. there's
8: more. look on her so we, we They do it because we have a white trash, racist president. That's a fact. When, that is Donald Trump is, and we, Roseanne and I both know it. Thirty years. That's an absolute fact. And instead of saying Donald Trump, going, "Okay, everybody, hold on together," he says, "Oh my gosh, what about me?" That's insane that he's like, well what about people making fun of me? How about stopping?
7: When you were married to, to Roseanne, I mean you also worked with her on the original Roseanne show, Yeah. did she display any signs of you know racism,
8: xenophobia, or conspiracy theory kind of beliefs? When I, when I met Roseanne, I'd I, I just worked in a meat packing plant for three years in Iowa and she was a little older and, uh, and, and she was a feminist. I'd never met a feminist even. She was so much more evolved than I was. I mean I was a a meatpacker and a a bouncer and a young comic, and I learned so much from her about, you know, about not just being a liberal, but about that kind of of thinking. You know, I never, I grew up in southeast Iowa, so i would never been around different kinds of people. So what do you think it is
7: that that changed her? I mean, because clearly what you're saying is the person you knew uh, when you first met her and when you were married uh, obviously, you know she's talked about uh... mental health issues before. Well, mental,
8: you know, but yeah. but,
7: but uh, these conspiracy theories and obviously these these racist uh, statements.
2: What, what well, do you I think mean, here's, to, here's the
8: thing. I uh, you know I I have uh, mental health issues myself. Roseanne obviously does. It's something that you know right before we got married, I went to rehab. Uh, you know, I'm i an alcohol and uh, uh, drug uh, uh, in recovery for both of us. She was there for me, and then after uh... we got married. You know, we dealt with her mental health issues as a family, and she's done amazing with that. And, you know, it's it's something that she's dealt with, and I can see that. And the thing about, I have to say this about about the president we have and his gaslighting and lying, you can see him perpetuating mental health issues for the entire country. Every day he gets on TV and lies, and he, and he perpetuates fear and anxiety. He never says things are great. He says, oh my gosh, look how dangerous it is in the inner city and black people. And I really genuinely believe he thinks black people are dangerous and so, Mexicans are rapists. He believes that. He's, and so he perpetuating that fear to America. Watch out. Uh, Mueller's lying. He's after me. And so Americans are city home like Roseanne and her fans are like, oh my God, what is happening out there? And they get anxiety and they have, anyone with mental health uh, issues like Roseanne is going to, going to heighten things. And and she's having mental health, health issues right now. And I'm sure that's part of this. It doesn't make it okay. Yeah. yeah. She, they had to cancel the show.
7: You told, you told the Hollywood reporter today that, that Roseanne in your view may have wanted the show to be canceled. A
8: hundred, a hundred percent.
7: Why do you think that is? I mean, is I think you were intimating the in the interview that you know she does something, it's successful, and and she's not happy with it, or she feels she's being mistreated, or something. Is that why well, do you I think feel she like, wanted it canceled?
8: Well, I feel from day one, you know, she didn't get created by credit on her own show. So so what I, from which is uh, what well, was not her fault. Obviously, she deserved it. So from day one on the Roseanne show. You know, she felt like, okay, I'm not getting, you know, so there's always been that. So I feel like, you know, that she probably, you know, I, and as I'm watching this happen, by the way, I keep, as she keeps sabotaging things. With the Parkland kids, she called one of them the Nazi, and then they had to take it down. So she throws Nazi around a lot. So I'm talking to uh, my former stepkids, who I love, and, you know, they're suffering. So I look at it like, as this is going on, like, also, I, I, once you have stepkids, you always see them as kids, even though they're 40. And you know they're suffering, so yeah. you see this thing happening pub- publicly. So I, I'm like, I tell them, listen, I, first of all, I would love it if she came out and said, okay, I'm sorry I've gotten too into this thing. Maybe I need to step back. And maybe her fans would see this. I wanted one Donald Trump supporter, one person that's all in on all this conspiracy, Hillary's a pedophile, Obama's whatever, to say, wait a minute, maybe that's not true. Maybe everything Trump says is not true, you know, well, let, you just know, what the whole country doesn't say. But anyway, so as this weekend approached, I can see it coming. I can see things going. And I tweeted at Wanda Sykes because Wanda Sykes is like, impeach Trump. And I said, hey, it's too bad you aren't on a TV show. She's the head writer of Roseanne. It's too bad you aren't on a TV show and you can do something about it. It's none of my business, but I stuck it in there. And then, and then Roseanne put a picture of Hillary Clinton as, and next to a donkey with buck teeth. Well, for some reason, she did, as I said to Roseanne's daughter, your mom needs to have apologized to Hillary Clinton. Well, I know you, not to,
7: you, were trying it, to, you were hoping that somebody in her life would, would basically kind of intervene, take, uh, I kind of get, get, take her off Twitter. I've I tried. Quick, i got to get a quick break in, Tom. If you could just stick around, I want to talk to you on, yeah. on the other side of this. We'll be right back.
2: Talking, right. talking with
7: Tom Arnold, Roseanne Barr's uh, ex-husband. Appreciate you uh, sticking around. Do you think that Roseanne has people in in her orbit right now uh, who, you know, who can kind of intercede, who can maybe get her off Twitter or help her
8: out in terms of of how she should move forward from this? Uh, they, I hope they're fired today. Uh, I, I, you know, I, again, I've been, I've been there 24 years. I, uh, you know, I. Today, uh, obviously they know, obviously, but I, I sense that today after something like that, that maybe, uh, the people close ranks and, you know, I know her son did, did as good a job as humanly possible of taking down stuff on, on Twitter and trying to keep, you know, our kids are amazing kids. They do everything humanly possible, you know, and they love their mom so much. and, uh, You know, maybe this is for the best, the family to pull together now and just be a family. And so I, you know, there's nobody, there's no, you know, other people, somebody could have done, there's a million things I was offering. I said, listen, you know, say Say, tell your mom that Donald Trump doesn't carry his own phone. He has a dude do it, and he thinks of the tweets, and another guy, he's so important, he has another guy type it, and then she won't carry her own phone. Hmm. You're like, or have a fake phone. I, there's a way to do a phone that goes into another server. I had a whole bunch of ideas.
7: You know, let me, let me ask you, because uh, one of our, our former guests was saying that, that you know, he, he felt that President Trump had been friends with, uh, with, with Roseanne for, for, you know, for decades and decades. I understand that you actually question whether President Trump was really ever a, a, f- a fan of hers or, or, or just wanted to take credit for her ratings. Because I, I know you say that one time uh, Mr. Trump criticized her directly to you well, after your divorce.
8: Well, I, we, we filmed the HBO special at his uh, the Trump uh, castle. Um, I knew him pro- better pro- than Rosette. He used to uh, go, come on my sports show. I went to the Playboy Mansion with Donald Trump. I was not the creepy guy. We went to visit Karen McDougal. I knew him a little bit. Uh, Donald Trump. I, he's not friends with anybody. Okay. Once we were at, I think it was Elton John's uh, AIDS uh, cha- thing at, uh, th- for the Oscars. Right. The, the, he, the Oscar was, party,
7: which we I, we actually have a picture of, oh my of God. him talking to you there.
8: Okay. Okay. This happened. He's, he's been with Melania, and I'm with my my wife, uh, time, uh, Shelby Bruce, who's a political consultant. And he said to me, "Oh my gosh, you've oh married you up you in the world." Up which, up which uh, oh my gosh, and he goes roseanne was disgusting I and mean, he said that to me like out of the blue like you don't want like you don't want your no matter what kind of divorce you had like that's a weird thing to say that's in the moment like I'm looking at him like what that, that's what was like, happening in that, that's that what was, was happening there. in that moment It's such a weird I remember thinking why would he like why offer that like and he just
1: Welcome back to the show. Remember that the moratorium has been lifted, at least for some people, not all people. And it also depends on what area uh, you're in. I mean, if you're in a low COVID area, you, you may not get the, um, the rental assistance from COVID that you need to get. But if you're in a high volume area, area of COVID and the Delta variant, uh, help is on the way. Help is on the way, but I do think that no matter where you are, uh, if you're in need and you need rental assistance, and uh, the CDC says you can get it, but you know nothing's promised, nothing promises. I mean, if you're behind, don't worry about, about being put out in the street, don't worry about your, your dog or your kids being put out in the street. just go seek help. You want to seek that help, okay? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. What else is there for us to talk about?) <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's always tomorrow, right? okay, I do think that um Kevin McCartney should be arrested should the, the police should visit him for saying he's going to hit Nancy Pelosi. This is what uh is I'm worried about because if it had't been a democrat say say something like that. They might have been arrested and thrown in jail, but it's always – when the Republicans do something uh, against the law or say something against the law, it seems as if they're never held accountable for anything. Democrats like Cromo in New York, he's going to be held accountable for that. But if it was a Republican, uh-uh. And what really gets me is that Democrats go, go after their own. Uh, Republicans do not. Matt Gates. I mean, he's accused of uh, rape, a 17-year-old girl, and he's still out here talking trash and looking stupid. I mean, if you're going to do this for one person, if you're going to do do something to one person, do it also to the next person who is accused of the same exact thing. Matt Gaet- Matt Gates is accused of rape of a 17-year-old girl. Cromo is not. He's just accused of maybe touching and kissing and stuff. It's probably something he's done all his life on you know, on a campaign trail or to be real nice to people or to be loving and caring. I don't think he put his hand up their dresses or anything like Matt Gates has. Give me a break. I just think it's just one-sided. People on Facebook and Twitter um, uh, disagree with me. They're calling him a rapist thug. I mean, you can disagree with me. I mean, there's no point. You can disagree with anything that I say. I I really don't care. But I try to look at the brighter side of things. I try to look at uh, things that are, are evenly... Uh, put out there I mean if you're going to accuse him of rape and you're going to uh, uh, ask him to resign in, in resounding voices and by a resounding number of politicians on both sides do the same to Matt Gates, do the same to Jim Jordan do the same to Donald Trump some people say well they've already accounted for their misdeeds I don't think so I really don't think so And a um, a little bit of good news. They're saying that the vaccines, people getting vaccines are going up, have gone up. <laughs> people are getting the message of getting their shots. They're getting the message. I mean, you have been phenomenal. The way you have been out there, you know, broadcasting loud from the mountaintop. For people to get their vaccine so they will not die. So they will not get really sick and possibly die. People are getting their vaccines. Uh, They're going out getting it. The doctors, the scientists, the medical people have been all over TV, all over the media, telling people to get their vaccines. And they're doing it. Excuse me, they are doing it and we should be proud of that. However, there are those who who are dead fast and not getting those shots. Because at this moment you've got employers, the people who hire, employers saying that you cannot work for me unless you have your vaccine unless you have your shots and you have to show proof that you've had your shots this is going around at sports stadiums um, concerts musical in uh, musical um, outdoor events you cannot participate you can't even walk on navy pier on a sunday on a beautiful summer night you have to show that you've gotten your shot or you won't get in. As we know, in some stores, I mean, you can't go into stores without a mask. And there's still people bitching about wearing a mask in a store. However, they said that you can, if there's, <laughs> if there's nobody around you when you're walking down the street, you can take it off. The only place where they're mandating masks is like inside of businesses, the stores, or wherever you go. If it's indoors you, and there's a lot of people, you wear a mask. If you're outdoors and there's not many people, you don't have to wear a mask, especially if you've had both your shots, if you're fully vaccinated. A lot of these people are giving out mixed messages. But that's what I've gotten so far. You know, I do wear my mask. I wear I I wear it um religiously. I wear my mask all the time. But sometimes I when I'm out in the open air and there's not many people around me, I'll take it off, you know. But if I'm going to a store or something like, you know, I mean Target or something, or some other store, I I put it on because you never know if the people in the store if they're fully vaccinated or not. So you have to wear your mask because they're saying even if you're fully vaccinated you can still get COVID-19 the variant but they're saying if you're fully vaccinated and you should get COVID-19 you will not die you will not get really sick because you are fully vaccinated but if you have not gotten a shot and you get COVID-19 there's a possibility you will end up In the hospital, in the ICU department, which is, you know, people on ventilators and kind of thing. You're struggling to live. You're struggling to breathe. And I'm hearing that some people who are, who have COVID-19, who are suffering and sick from COVID-19 in the hospital, asking if they can get the shot. And the doctors tell them it's too late. There's nothing the doctors can do. There's nothing the vaccine can do after you get COVID. The best time to get those shots is when you don't have COVID. If you get COVID and you're talking about getting a shot, it's too late. So everybody out there at the sound of my voice, get your shot if you haven't gotten it. If you know people who have not got their shots, try to persuade them to get the shot because the only thing that's going to save their lives and as I said earlier a lot of uh, employers are now saying you have to show us that you've been vaccinated before we interview you before we give you a job and it's happening it's happening right now So get that shot so you won't be turned down for that job you so desperately need. Get those vaccines. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about off the air. Folks, I got to book some more shows. I'm the producer. I'm the director. I'm the writer. And I'm your host, the George Wilder Jr. Show. We've been on a long time. Most people don't know that we have been here a long time. And hopefully we can be here another long time. Um, I enjoy doing this show. I enjoy that you're listening, or you will listen later at some point in time. I understand a lot of people haven't heard of the show, but, you know, we keep in there. A lot of people will hear about it because that's what we want. We're just about off the air here, folks, and we're going to be back tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. We may not be, but we're easy to find. There's always a lot of shows on this network that you listen to, you know, whether at, at your convenience, anytime at your convenience. You can listen to any show that I produce, okay? You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go out there and get that shot, folks, if you haven't gotten it. Uh, this may be the last time. <laughs> I've mentioned getting a shot um, uh, on the every day since I restarted it. I've mentioned getting that shot. I'm going to mention it again. But this may be the last time I mention getting shots because, of, like I said, the shot counts are going up. People are getting the shots. But we were afraid that not enough people are getting those shots. So you get those shots, all right? The George Wilder Jr. is off the air. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care safe.